The sky is the limit. You are the one that sets the height. That's what we're going to talk about today. So we have a surprise for you in regards to who do we have a special guest. So let's get started. Today's special guest is actually a VIP that we have here today. She is a woman with passion, dedication, high morale, and a never-ending desire to help others. You already know her, but let me just tell you a little bit more about her. In 2005, she was appointed as the first director for the State Office of Ethnic Affairs. In this position, she oversaw the directors of Asian, Black, Hispanic, Latino, and Pacific Islander Affairs. She also worked as vice president for Science Bank, representation, representing Science Bank in community and business relationships across the state of Utah and Idaho. She was the chief operations officer at MyCare Network, a Utah-based healthcare startup focused on innovative solutions to care management. She has the vast experience as business and political consultant, focusing on strategy and government relations for business and nonprofit projects and organizations. She currently serves on the boards of primary children's hospitals Days of 47 Rodeo Health Center Theater. Uh, she has made a difference on providing help for the community on areas such as health, environment, schooling, parents' rights, minority rights, work and legal opportunities, women's rights, children's medical care, etc., 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 ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> on the last decade alone, she has received many different types of awards and recognitions of which just a few are, pay attention, Minority Small Business Champion of the Year 2010, Salt Lake Chamber of Commerce Pathfinding Recipient 2010, from Desert News, 10 who made a difference in 2010, 2013 Legislator of the Year Award, Utah Healthcare Association 2015 Legislative Champion of the Year, IIDA 2016 Le Legislator of the Year Award, 2016 Utah After School Legislative Advocate, Utah Business Magazine 2017 40 Under 40 Award, Salt Lake Chamber of Commerce, New Pioneers American Dream Award 2018, Utah Council on Victims of Crime, Legislator of the Year Award 2018, Nurse Family Partnership, Force for Good Public Policy Award 2018, from the University of Utah College of Social and Behavioral Science, Distinguished Alumni 2018, Utah Children's Service Society, Child Advocate of the Year 2019, from Utah Medical Association, Distinguished Legislative Service 2019 Award, Utah Infertility Resource Center Board Choice Award 2020, 
So she is a true example to be followed as a leader, as someone who follows her passion and uses it to make an impact. And that is just one of the many reasons why we are so, so very proud to have here today, honored truly to have here today with us, Senator Luz Escamilla. Yeah. <laughs> Senator, yes. how are you? I'm doing well and just happy to be here with your audience and everybody else, all of our friends. Just thank you for the invitation. My God, we are so happy to have you here. And so, you know, it's so honored to have somebody like you here with us. Um, you know, just I've been watching some of the stuff you guys are doing and many of my friends have been um, some of your guests. So you, I'm, I'm surrounded by, by a good crowd and I'm part of a good group. So just excited for the opportunity to chat and, and get to see how we can support each other. I mean, that's that's the most important thing is we're a family and we're here to make our lives better. We, you know, we came to America with that dream and we should all be, you know, helping each other. So happy to be part of this great group. Thank you. Thank you very much. You're so lovely. <laughs> we love you already. Thank you. <laughs> all right. So our um, it's very, very interesting to have somebody like you here because you have um you are such an expert in, in two different worlds, you know, it's like administration and business and also like government affairs covering uh, a vast amount of different subjects. So this is going to be so valuable for our audience. Mm -hmm. And um, today we, we picked the subject that is based on, on um, you know, your experience, your achievement, a little bit of your story, which is the sky is the limit and you are the one that sets the height yeah, how high can you go, right? So I um actually this is funny because two days ago my husband and I were in Colorado Springs, Colorado for a business meeting, and you know one of the things we were doing was visiting Pike Peaks, which is you know one of the highest points in 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 the United States of America um, that you can um, you know get to, and you know you have to take this train and it goes up for an hour and a half, and it's fourteen thousand one hundred fifteen feet, and that's how high it is. You get there, there's a lot of headache, there's a lot of dizziness, there's a lot of people that are sick, and you stay there for a little bit of time, you know, and they have a beautiful visiting center, and you're taking pictures in 20 degrees below zero, it's cold, and it was a great reminder, like, when you're in this world, and you're, you know, trying to make your dreams a reality, you certainly set that height, and sometimes getting that high is painful, right? I mean, there was a lot of pain, we both were like, man, this you know, and, and coming down, you know, you have the ups and downs and um, it just, it was great for the, for the theme of the, of the day, right? Is this idea that sky's the limit. I mean, America provides this American dream, this opportunity to succeed and you can get there. Um, it's just, it's going to be painful <laughs> and that's okay. Yeah. No pain, no gain, <laughs> but you, you measure how high you want to do it. Right. I mean, in Utah, for example, which is, you know, this, I call it the best place on earth. It's awesome place to live and and recreate and play and do business we have really high places too right you have for example park city 7500 feet then you think about 14,000. i mean double that and when we were there i'm like you is majestic right i mean the view is amazing it's the same with our dreams right when you get there and you hit those milestones as you're getting you know as we were going on the train and we were seeing how beautiful it looked and it looked very different from 20 minutes before, below, you know, um, it's the same with life, right? We we certainly set the height that we want to accomplish 
and sometimes it feels like you're not going up you're just going kind of like just going but it it will happen i mean it's it's part of the process it's part of of being alive and 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 you know gathering the strength to to fight all those obstacles and it was just fun as i was you know <laughs> we were going down and then okay my head it was just so you know you feel the the difference and obviously that uh, how how high it is but then when you come back, you're like, hey, I, I was there. We took a couple of pictures. I can come back and say to my kids, we did it. I don't know that I want to do it again. But, you know, it's their turn now. So it was great. And we're just happy to be able to share some of our just things we've learned, right? Um, and I think sometimes people want to experience the pain as well. But if you, I've learned to to listen to others. One of the things I've learned in the last, I would say, five years is to really value stories, right? People have a story. And stories I, I used to be more pragmatic and more focused on data and policy and and you know just being more objective in the sense of well you know this is what it is evidence-based data-driven now I'm, I'm taking the time as I get older to enjoy stories to get to know people and, and get to know why they do the things they do and why it's coming from their heart a lot of things we do come from our heart because we've had a specific experiences there are things that we our challenges are unique and they're the ones that are kind of like making us drift from one place to another. So stories, stories are powerful. And, and that's why I'm, I'm doing more of these conversations, right? I used to think, Oh, nobody cares about my story. Like who, what a boring story, you know, but now I'm, I'm excited to share because I love listening to people's stories. Totally. These stories are amazing. I mean, there is, we found that um, people get more interested uh, about learning things when they're included as part of someone else's story that they can, you know, listen to or admire. And then one really gets information that way. So right. it's great to have your story. So tell us um, a little bit about, um, besides being in the government, doing all these amazing things and all these different projects that you do, which I think are fantastic, honest to God, you also have um, a company of your own with your husband. Yeah, so we've been doing work together for, for a while now. And, you know, and as elected officials, you know, as legislators, we don't live of being an elected official, which is unique. I mean, a lot of people in, in many of our countries of origin, you know, being a politician, it's a livelihood. Um, it's not here, especially for local and state government. Maybe at the federal level, you have to do it 100% full time. And, and I think maybe the, the salary... Uh, allows maybe for more flexibility in in state government it doesn't work like that right we i mean it, it's a it's almost like a stipend and it's really public service i mean i i've learned that i don't care who you are and and where your political affiliation is or even your your ideology i i have tons of respect for people that put their name on a ballot and put themselves out there and and they sacrifice i mean they, not only do they sacrifice work right because they could be making more money uh, potentially for sure more money in the workforce but also their family and their privacy and other stuff so i both my husband and i were i've been elected i mean my husband was a city council member a mayor and a legislator himself in arizona elected at 19 i mean very young um and i've been in the senate now for 14 years so we both come from this very public service oriented background and it's part of who we are. It's part of who our family is. It's very unique to our to to our to our family and 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 how we function. So a lot of the things we decided to do together was let's let's help businesses, let's help entities 
get to a point where they can value the human element of who they serve or who they should be serving and provide them possibilities to get there in a more, you know, as advisors, as consultants. So we did tons of political consulting. We've done that not only in the U.S., we've done it in Mexico and other parts of the world. But we, we shifted into more, um, you know, as entrepreneurs ourselves, which I think every politician is an entrepreneur, um, you know, just by nature. Yeah. We decided to merge into other other business, um, you know, platforms and areas. We've been in the healthcare industry. We've been in personal injury industry. Now we're in, in technology. We're really focusing on customer experience and helping our our clients uh, get to a point where they can integrate customer experience to that amazing level that's available with technology and having the tools to get them to succeed. So that's what we do. And so we have, you know, we actually also um, have a small um, clinic, Clinica Mi Salud, very focused on, on nuestra comunidad hispana, you know, our, our, that are uninsured or underinsured and they don't have access to healthcare where they can have primary care, healthcare and build a home care. So Clinica Mi Salud, it's designed for those individuals. So we have it. It's a little, little tiny clinic in West Valley City. And, you know, we did it because we wanted to help our community. And we also have our, our other bigger inter, um, business, which is Escatech Solutions. Like I said, focusing more on CX and customer experience. That's fantastic. And um, what has been your experience in regards to, like, the key to being able to work on, on like, your companies at the same time that you're serving, um, you know, the community. I mean, look, I, so not, there's not a silver bullet solution. That's probably the biggest thing is to manage, to separate those two. Right. Because, and by the way, I'm, I always have people say, Oh, well, there's a conflict of interest. Absolutely. We actually have by law in the state of Utah to disclose our conflict of interest. So if you go right now, you can see, you know, in, in our conflict of interest, um, you know, forms, all of our employments, our spouse's employments, what we own and don't own, because we are what we call a citizen legislature. So you can have full-time legislature like California does, right? Obviously, they're a gigantic economy, one of the largest economies in the world alone. Uh, but the state of Utah is 3.2 million people. It's a $27 billion dollar um, you know, budget, but we're a small state compared to a California or Texas. So we are what we call a citizen legislature, meaning you have regular citizens with regular jobs serving for a period of time during the year um, as legislators. And I think it's, I love the model. It's a great model. As we get bigger as a state, it's very difficult because you're, you know, and I've seen it in the last 14 years, the number of years, I mean, of time that I used to spend at the beginning when we had when it was a smaller budget, it was a smaller even population or where we are right now. I mean, we're one of the fastest growing economies in the nation, which is great for Utah, but that demands more from our elected officials, of course. Right. So managing that is interesting, right? One, I'm all about transparency. So I, you know, transparency makes my life easier. Yeah, it's a little bit uncomfortable because, you know, most people may want to keep stuff to themselves, but as elected officials, there is an expectation of transparency. Um, so conflict of interest, everyone has conflict of interest in the state legislature. Everyone has to feed their family. We don't get to do it out of, you know, our salaries as legislators. So there's full disclosure and, you know, and I think the public knows. I mean, the public knows I, I come from banking experience. I mean, I was with Science Bank for 14 years as a VP. I um, had my own entrepreneurs and businesses on my own. 
Um, so I, you know, a lot of that, you just have to learn how to separate and, and it's, it, you know, it's hard. I mean, you, there may be opportunities to have conversations about something, but you're like, no, this is my conversation about my bill, or I'm just talking about policy today. And then, you know, the next hour I have a meeting that's work-related meeting. So um, it just requires a lot of multitasking, which for women as moms and, and you know, women have to do that every day of, of the week. But it, it is challenging. I'm not going to lie. And it just, I mean, I've got used to it, I guess, with time. Um, but, you know, the biggest challenge for me is having two different phones, two different, you know, multiple email accounts. <laughs> Uh, multiple calendars um, and you know and you just have to live like that a lot of people say why do you have two phones I'm like it's like you know you can just have one phone I'm like yeah but there's a phone that's government owned and then there's my phone that I pay that are part of my business and so forth so yeah um, it, it just takes some some logistical I guess uh, things that you guys may take for granted that you don't have to do those two things in order to keep them separate that is interesting, very interesting too. And I bet it's challenging. So what would be your best advice for being able to cope with a lot of things that needs to get done, like multitasking? I would say, look, I, so one of the things I've learned is I'm a, I, I like to write. So, you know, some people have moved completely to, you know, just typing on their phones. I mean, my interns take all their notes on a phone. I'm like, holy cow, that's a lot of type. I mean, really quick with the fingers. I like to write them down and be able to cross. I mean, that feeling of crossing my task, my to-do list. And I try to do it every day, every morning, because change, you know, priorities change and it's okay, right? And you may not be able to do that 12 things. Sometimes I have 20 things in my to-do list and it's overwhelming. I'm like, holy cow, like I only have eight hours and, and you know, to do this or because I have all these other meetings. So one is be able to, for me, is write them down because writing them down makes me think about what I'm processing, what I have to do to get to, you know, to cross that that box. So I, I still use paper. I really still like to do that um, that exercise. And then I like to use two colors. I, you know, I like the idea of to just two different pens. And when I do something, I can just cross it with a different color. And, and I feel like I, you know, I've accomplished that thing. Um, and two, learn to prioritize. That's really hard, right? I've also learned to say no. I mean, it's probably the hardest thing to do. It took me a while to be able to say, I can. Like, no puedo. No, no, o sea, mi horario no me lo permite. I, I just can. And I used to stretch it where I would be one meeting after another. So I was always late, uh, which is a pet peeve of my husband and my parents, I mean, my parents hated that. It's like, you're always late. I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm just like piling up meetings after meetings because I wanted to, you know, if people ask me, okay, I'll do it. But I was, I realized there's so many hours in the day and I still have to eat. I still have to you know, <laughs> spend time with my family. I still have to, you know, do the things that everybody does and, and you run out of hours. So prioritizing is, is key, I think for everyone. Right. And, and people prioritize different things. That's the other thing is, my priorities maybe look very different from yours and it doesn't make the, yours more or less important and mine more or less important, right? So I've learned that it's okay that people have different priorities and you're maybe in a different stage in your life, in your career, um, with your family. I mean, someone, you know, I, 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 had, I was pregnant twice and had two babies while serving in the Senate. Damn. I have to tell you, I had moments where there were just different things, right? I mean, I was breastfeeding a child while serving in the legislature. I was pregnant and had a baby a week after the session. I was still doing my job. I was still accomplishing and passing bills, but 
you know, it was just, it looked different maybe for me than it was for my colleague that's 65 years old, retired with 30 grandkids, which is most of my colleagues in the Senate, right? But having a woman that was having babies while serving and being a woman of color and being a mom and being a, a working mom also brings value to the conversation. I mean, you know, that's why when we, we talk about diversity, it's not this idea of having this, oh, look how cool the the, the amazing, you know, uh, colors of people and so forth. It's really about experiences. My colleague clearly didn't know what it was to be a working mom, a woman of color, and having babies while serving in the Senate. But he also has tons of other experiences that I'm not going to experience, probably never. And, and those are valuable pieces of conversation when we're debating a piece of legislation that will affect 3.2 million people. So to me, that value should never be underestimated, should never be undermined. And, and so that's why those stories are critical. And that's why everyone should have a seat at the Capitol, not the legislature, <laughs> every person, right? Because their lives are so important that they can bring so much value. But prioritizing, I will say, will be the first thing for me is make, making sure that you prioritize and that your priorities do not have to be priorities for somebody else. They have to be your own priorities and, and live with them, you know, own them in the sense of, you know, right now my priority is my family. And there are times where you have to take that as a priority. And I have tons of respect for people that say that, you know, one of my colleagues just announced that she's not seeking re-election. She's one of my best friends and Senator Janie Wamato. And it broke my heart, but she's like, Luz, I mean, A, she's living on her own terms, which is pretty cool. At that peak of her career as a senator, uh, she's been there for eight years. She's going to finish her term on December. And I mean, dude, nobody would have touched her. I mean, she's untouchable. She, people love her in her district. But she's like, my mom is 90 plus years old. My husband and I are, you know, we're ready to start spending time together. I mean, you know, she made a decision which was her own priorities. And I applaud that. And I think we, we have to respect people's ability to make those, those choices. Definitely. It's important. Such an important lesson to learn how to prioritize. Excellent. So please um, tell us, for example, mm -hmm. What was the most effective administrative action you had to implement in your business? Um, so look, my experience as a business owner where, you know, an entrepreneur myself, you know, I kind of like own it and it's mine. When I was, and, and we had, you know, small staff, but when I was a CEO of, you know, the prior company, every decision we were making had an impact on, on, on the staff. And, holy cow, it's everything from, you know, where you get your funding from, you're making decisions that are going to change the way they get paid, or, you know, if you have to bring, you know, more staff or bring less staff. I mean, all those decisions, the most difficult decisions for me is what do you do with your employees, right? I mean, that's, I, I mean, I, I struggle with those because I know that I'm not only impacting my bottom line and potentially, you know, my ability to provide for my family, which obviously in your business, you're making that decision every time you're making a decision. And that, but it's with my employees, I, I recognize that they're putting their trust on, on us, right. As the leaders of a company or as the owners of a company. And there's nothing more heartbreaking to think that you're going to have to, you know, um, do lay it off people or make decisions that will have a, an effect and an impact on their families and themselves, right? So I, um, that has to be probably one of the, 
the most difficult part is that human element, right? And and look, our, our human element is what brings businesses to succeed, right? If we recognize the amazing work our employees are doing and we have a way of incentivizing them to be better and, and you know, I want all my employees to succeed because that, you know, obviously has a direct correlation on the success of, of my business. But yeah, I mean, one of the most difficult decisions for me in business, in any business scenarios that I've been is the impact on, on employees and the team, because to me, it's, it's a team effort. You never do anything on your own. And I, in my case, I heavily rely, whether it's in the legislature, on our staff, heavily rely on my staff. I mean, I, I wouldn't survive if it wasn't for the staff right. or um, in the business world the same way. Right. So how do I take care of them? How do I I give them the opportunities? And I've lost many of them to better opportunities, but that makes me happy. I mean, when I see many of my interns or many of the people that work for me that are now succeeding um, and they come back and say, hey, thank you for that, for that letter of recommendation. Thank you for the phone call. Thank you for encouraging me to apply to a better job and a better position. I'm like, absolutely. Um, if it wasn't for people that gave me those opportunities and opened those doors, I wouldn't be where I am. So no. my goal is to be that type of person for many, especially younger people that are coming, you know, and, and they're still um, trying to find what they want to do. Nice. Such a warm heart that you have. That's great. <laughs> Excellent. So here's our last question. Mm -hmm. If you could go back in time, mm -hmm, what advice would you give your younger self when you were starting your business career? Uh, um, you know, I, I so I will, I will, I, the advice I will give myself 15, 20 years ago, maybe, I mean, maybe 20 years ago, at a young 20 year old, my, you know, myself will be to love myself more. I mean, to really just, wow. you know, because we're so hard on ourselves. I, I think, um, you know, como Mexicanos, como Latinas, las mujeres somos muy, muy duras con nosotros mismas. I, I think we are probably our biggest critics. And I, I wish I could have been a little bit nicer to myself, maybe, and, and just say, look, I mean, it's going to be okay. And I, you know, I, I felt like I was never succeeding. I was like, I'm not doing enough. Um, you know, as a new immigrant, because I was born and raised in Mexico. And, you know, being the first one in, in my familia to come to this country, I felt this huge weight of responsibility, right? I mean, we all think now about Encanto and, you know, all those characters that we all have now bring us a little bit of early childhood trauma and so forth. But really, I mean, todos somos la Luisa de nuestras familias, ¿no? De alguna manera. And I, I just... I wish I could go back to a more insecure, a little bit lost, you know, con muchísimo miedo, you know, tons of fears and just say, hey, Luz, it's going to be fine. You know, just just enjoy it. Because the other thing is you don't get to enjoy those experiences because you're always thinking this is not enough. And I need the PhD. I mean, a master's degree is not enough. And, you know, I'm, I, my accent is terrible and people are not going to open the doors for me when I'm knocking on doors and, you know, running for office. And. You know, and look, I had to overcome all that stuff because I remember the first time I had to speak in front of thousands of people, like you, you feel like you're going to die there. And, and I have a thick accent and I have people that have said, oh, no, no te entiendo nada. I do not understand anything you're saying. And I'm like, well, let me try it in French. They don't understand French either. You know, so, I mean, I wish I could have just been a little bit nicer to myself and be like, you know, it's okay. And, you know, a big hug um, and things are going to turn out okay. Right. Um, whatever it is, it really does turn out to be okay. And, and look, the biggest challenge is having health, right? I mean, estamos aquí, 
bendecidos de estar en estar poder vivir y, y disfrutar de muchas cosas. Let's just I wish and, and I tell that to my kids, right? I mean, I have teenagers, we have adult kids, we have little kids. Just be happy. I mean, life is short and and you never know. I mean, there's this really odd situation sometimes that you face that every minute, every time that you get to say I love you and I and hug and and just compliment each other, I, I think it's just more power to you. It's it's about building empowering people through through love and and appreciation and and we should empower ourselves and love ourselves and and you know kind of like set the examples with ourselves as we tend to want to do it with other people as well excellent yes definitely i i probably would give that same advice to myself if i could go back in time so yes. don't be hard so hard on yourself. right it's, it's okay you know, know it's you're always rushing to the next thing to the next yeah you don't even get to enjoy you know like you know, pause. I mean, you were reading all those awards and in my head, I'm like, oh, snap. Like, oh, I remember that. You know, I haven't even got a chance to go back and be like, oh my goodness. Like, why did I get that award with, you know, the Infertility Resource Center or IDA? I mean, after school programs, oh yes, I run all this legislation. I got all this funding for them. I mean, I, I'm like, because I wanted to help kids because I wanted, you know, I remember it was so interesting. I I was presenting with this other senator and we've been together, you know, he's been there in the Senate for, you know, he's 10 years in the Senate. I didn't realize it was almost the same. And he said, I remember the first time I met Senator Escamilla and what she was talking about was she was running a bill for um, having kids have their eyes checked in kinder, kindergarten to third grade. And he's like, I remember being like, why? I mean, who cares? You know, have the parents take them to the doctor and just, she, I mean, literally, we're in this meeting. It's super odd, and he talks about how my the way I presented my bill and the way I talked about helping children be able to get their eyes checked because it not only had an impact on that kid, but you know, it was going to be more expensive to have special ed. We we can fix these issues at an early age for these kiddos, and it's like it totally changed my my point of view on social services because of certain scams. And you know, we've been colleagues for ten plus years, and I didn't realize it was that conversation. I'm like, I didn't even realize you were listening to my bill and at one of the committees. And it's like, yeah, it was it's like, it's people like her were in different parties and different caucuses. But it's like, I respect that she has this passion for children. And, you know, it's been a lot of what I've done is children. You know, healthcare is a bill I've been working now for years. And I'm hoping the fifth year is, is the charm. And I was disposed <laughs> this year, but to covering all kiddos, including children that are out of status, mm -hmm. you know, that's, that's tough. But I'm, I'm, I'm almost positive, almost 100% positive it's going to happen in Utah. And at that point, then I can just go back and then give me a big hug because I want to make sure children have access to care. So that's kind of like my priority right now to get this done. Fantastic. I'm sure you're going to succeed <laughs> on this as well as everything else you have because you have such a warm heart, such such passion. You speak with such <laughs> passion and, and so, um, what's it called? Like, it's you. It's really you, the one that is saying these things. So that's what I that's what I love about you. Um, well, thank you very much for everything you've um, shared Gracias. with us. Yes, it was and amazing. Que no te dejo hablar. But hey, I'm making your life easier today, right? <laughs> See, I just, I I just relax and sit. It, when I'm with my husband, it's like, dude, you talk for both of us. So I, you know, I, I can talk for both of us too. Y tú, así que no te preocupes. She knows how to do it, so I'm just going to let her do it. <laughs> anyway, 
Fan- yeah, that would be great. Right, that would be great. <laughs> Fantastic. I'm, I'm sure you're very busy. So I, I thank you again for being here. You gave us amazing content. This is going to go wild. <laughs> <laughs> so I just want to um, ask you, um, in regards to the business that you have, how can people contact you in case they need the services that you provide? Um, so the best way, look, one is, please know, especially, obviously, state of Utah, everyone, I, even if you're not in my Senate district, I take more phone calls. My staff is like, you're the only one that gets calls from all over the state. Uh, a lot of our Hispanic community, you know, contacts me and I'm more than happy to, to help. So that's through our website, which is le.utah.gov, which is our legislative website. And uh, my phone is there and my, you know, office and email. So email certainly helps and, and texting. And, and, you know, certainly feel free to go to escatechsolutions.com and, you know, that's where we are and just excited to, to be able to chat with people. I mean, my, my thing is, I mean, I, I'm at a point in my life where I just want to bring, help people bring solutions and find them together. Because every time I have a case study, like a story, a story of someone that succeeds and things go well, I'm like, oh man, like we made it together. It's a team effort. So thank you so much for this platform, for allowing me to chat with you. And I've, I've seen some of the work you guys are doing. Thank you for focusing on nuestra gente. Uh, we have great, amazing leaders and people that are smart and, and caring and loving. And when you see everything they're doing in the midst of all the challenges for being, you know, limited English proficient, immigrants, many of them with, you know, fighting issues of their status and financial burden and, you know, predatory practices in different industries, and they still make it, right? I mean, I'm beyond myself when I, you know, I, what I did in the bank was meeting people that, I mean, I used to get paid to just get to know people and connect people. I see myself as a connector. So I, this is like the best part of my job is like connecting to people. So thank you for allowing me to connect to your audience and, and be able to just share a little bit of, of what, what, what it means to just be, you know, la primera migrante, the first immigrant ever elected in the legislature in a Latina as a woman of color in the in the state legislature in Utah, um, it's a it's a ride, <laughs> and 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 just love to have that opportunity. I feel very blessed that people continue to like me and support me. Of course, and they should. I mean, anyway, what else can I say? You've said it all, so I'm just gonna say it was amazing having you here. I support everything that you do, everything that you said, um, and. Once again, the, the content of this interview, I just it was amazing. So oh, thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, this was Senator Luz Escamilla, and we've come to the end of this episode, unfortunately, because we could be talking here for hours, but <laughs> we've both got to work. So that's right. You. <laughs> Hasta so, luego. Thank you. Goodbye and do not Felicidades forget. Felicidades en aventuras. <laughs> Muchas bendiciones para oh, ti tu familia. Thank you thank very you much. Guys. Don't forget to check expanddefires.com and follow us on the different platforms from Facebook to Instagram and YouTube. Thank you very much and see you on the next one. Bye-bye.